Good morning to my podcast listeners. It accounts for about three. Did you know what we would do? Would you hit like with me and then we will take it all through? Good morning, Brass, you know, thank you for allowing me to commence the show. I will make this and then you'll say it's true. And then I will say hi to you and you and Island Bear. Good morning to you as well. Want to see me go right there? And then you will say, don't forget to say good morning, evil. Welcome to Evil Knievel. He be hopping over all these school buses. Good morning, Bisky. Yes. Good morning. Ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I had a fun dream it last night. Did you hear me? I had foresight, then they said, hey, would you subscribe and buy this loan? It didn't make much sense, but then I would say, I then, hey, my entry song is not one you Say is wrong. Good morning. Not, 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 cho. It was mine and not cho. No, not, 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 not cho. I need to understand that all these people want to see the reason for NeTV. And I said it is for free. Do you know what I say to I would want you to lay I When I take my dismise I would not want to see me cry Could you imagine that lie that they said they saw me weep Well I said it was cheap Do you know what I say I keep And then I will repeat it now I will repeat it now Good morning, the world. Welcome to a new episode of NeTV. It is June 4th, 2018 of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is 9.04 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And welcome to episode number 120. So I woke up this morning and I had a dream last night about selling loans. And there I was again, once again, I was... In an appointment, and it was actually my landlord ran some clothing shop, according to my dream. And I'm trying to convince him of a loan. I'm not doing well. And my partner steps up and just kept pushing. He just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And before you know it, the guy was filling out the information to get the loan. And everybody around me is like, seeing their eye, you always get the sale, you always get the sale. And I was thinking, no, I didn't. He got the sale. I mean, he's my partner, but I thought, I didn't do anything. I sat here, and he just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. 
And I, I try to interpret my dreams when I wake up. Like, what does that mean? You know, does that mean that I should be back in the bank? Does it mean that I, I'm sick of being in the bank? I don't know. I don't know. But if anything, it meant was to keep pushing. So, on a Monday morning, the, the, the name of today's episode is called How to Monday. Now, a few months ago, the energy that I was feeling a few months ago, I could tell you exactly how to Monday. Treat it like it's a motivational day. You know, don't make your calls on Monday. Make them on Friday. I would say all those kinds of things, but I'm not feeling that today. This is, this is as I take you guys through my journey, it, it's healthy for me as well, too. When I go through ups and downs in the year. And now I'm starting to feel like the energy's starting to leave. You know, it's, it's a little bit harder to get up in the morning. It's a little bit harder to start this up. It's a little bit harder to try to find something. So I'm just going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell you honestly, if there's anything I owe you guys as an audience, is to be honest with you. And I know that my energy's depleting now. I can feel it. I can feel it. I, I'm, I'm more comfortable on a Sunday relaxing and doing nothing all day. You know, barely on social media, hanging out with, with Domi and her mother, which is a good thing. You know, they say it's supposed to be a day of rest. I rested yesterday hard. I haven't rested like that in a long time. You know, I, I got a million things I should be doing in my office. And I'm getting lazier now. But I, if, I, if I can keep this going... If I can keep this notion going of I'm, I'm, I have a show to do every day, I have some calls I have to make every day, then then I can work through this. But what I want to do today is what I like on Monday is I kind of cover what we covered at church. And this was an interesting one, boy. So this is, uh, we're in the, the second book of Samuel, chapter 11. And in my other Bible, this was called David's Sin. But in this one, it says David, Bathsheba, and Uriah. So King David had been crushing it, dominating wars, been doing really well. And I'm, and I'm going to read this chapter 11 to you because this just shows you how weak we all are as men. Um, it's kind of ironic. Her name's Bathsheba when he saw her bathing. But let's continue. So... It happened in the spring of the year at the time when the kings go into battle. And then David said to Joab and his servants in all of Israel, that they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. Good morning, Michael. But David remained at Jerusalem. So at this point, apparently, you know, why did he remain in Jerusalem? It's an interesting question because he's supposed to be. This is a time of battle. So why is he hanging back? Which, good morning, Jen, which is kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of hanging back. How come I'm not pushing forward now? This is a time where I should be selling like crazy, and I'm pulling back now. Then it happened. One evening that David arose from his bed, he walked to the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was so beautiful to behold, so David sent and inquired about this woman. And someone said, Shaya! <laughs> That's, that's how I gotta get in character. I gotta say Shia first. Shia, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And and so he just say, imagine being David. You're you're King David, right? And you're like um, you're out, you're up on your hill, and you're looking at all that you've conquered, all these houses, 
You see a woman bathing on a rooftop, right? And you're like, you say to your, your guards or your messengers or whatever, you're like, yeah, um, I want her. Go bring her to me. That's balling. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good thing, but that is, that's impressive. That's impressive. I guess it's kind of similar to today. Although, you know, with the whole Me Too movement, that probably wouldn't go over so well. But, um, let's keep going. So, so then David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and he laid with her and she was cleansed from her impurity and she returned to her house. Wait, what? This is reading so much differently than my other Bible. It literally says, she came to him and lay with her and she was cleansed from her impurity and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent David and said, I'm with child. So, so she got pregnant, right? But what is this cleansed with impurity? Like, she laid with him and got cleansed? <laughs> That's not how I read it at all yesterday. Wash your feet. Okay, told. Okay. This is chapter, yep, three and four. Basiba, okay, can him use the power to take advantage of... Yeah, we know that. Oh, here we go. It is difficult to know what Bathsheba's part was of all of this. Cleansed from her impurity called for seven days of purification following a woman's monthly period. I don't know why they're saying cleansed of impurity. Then David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, I got a David's voice. So David's not going to have a shy Jew voice. He's got to have a different voice. What kind of voice should David have? He's a king. He's a king, right? So, uh, it could be like, go down to the house and wash your feet. No, it's not good enough, but we'll just keep going. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants and his lord, and he did not go down to the house. So when they told David, Uriah did not go down to the house, David said to Uriah, I was going to do the ghetto voice, but I don't want to do the ghetto voice. We're just going to do the Jaya voice. Jaya! Did you not come down from the journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, and Uriah said to David, See, this is where it's getting confusing because I got two of the same voices. Just read it, Neri. Just This is when you say, Neri, just read it. Just read the damn thing. And don't forget to hit that like button. And Neri said to David, The ark in Israel and, and Judah are dwelling in the tenants, and my lord Joab and the servants from the lord's encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Wait here today also and tomorrow, and I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem. So I feel like this is David. He's trying to set something up because he's like, oh man, she got a son. Uriah gonna be pissed at me. You just Uriah, you just stay there. You just chill there for a little bit until she has his kid, and then uh, we can take it from the next step from there. So now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at that evening, he went out to lay in his bed with servants of the Lord, and he did not go down to his house. So he got him drunk so that he wouldn't go home. <laughs> In the morning it happened that David wrote this letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. 
and he wrote in a letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. So it was while Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were a valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, and some of the people of the servants of David fell, and Uriah and Hittite died also. So he threw him into battle. So he died just so that David didn't have to deal with the drama of sleeping with this guy's wife. Then Joab sent and told David all of the concerning war and charged the messenger, saying, When you have finished telling the matters of the war of the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises, he says to you, Why did you approach so near to a city that you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot the wall? Who struck? I don't know. I don't know these people. Was it not a woman who cast a piece of a millstone on him from the wall so that he died in Thebes? Why did you go near the wall? Then you say, your servant Uriah and Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told David and all the Joab had sent him. And the messenger said to David, surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. The archers shot the wall at your servants and some of the king's servants are dead. And your servant Uriah and Hittite is dead also. Then David said to a messenger, Thus you shall go to Joab. Do not let this thing displease you. For the sword devours one as well as others. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it, so encourage him. When your wife of Uriah heard of Uriah... Hold on. He just showed him. Wife of Uriah... When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah... Her husband was dead. She mourned for her husband. And when she was mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house. And she became his wife and bore his son. And the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Got in trouble. Got in trouble. So, I'm just going to read you some of my notes. Kind of break down uh, what we were saying. And as we're, I mean, we, we basically covered this. David slept with Bathsheba. Bathsheba got pregnant. David covered up his stuff by sending Uriah into battle. He got killed. He was drunk first. Got him drunk and killed. And then, uh, and then he brought in Bathsheba as a new wife. And God got angry. Some intense stuff. Some intense stuff. This is what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing my energy for the show. I feel like I've said everything I had to say, and I used to have all this something new. I could talk about something new for an hour and just go with it. I'm losing my energy. I know I am. I don't know how to improve it. So, I'm going to look to you guys. You know, at this point, I'm going to open this right up, because I've lost, I've lost that gusto. It's not, it's not energy like that. It's that motivation. I don't know how to do this. I'm losing that mojo.
like a hero. I want to cover some uh, conspiracy theory. Got to keep the show moving. The show must go on. So, uh, move this out of the way here. Get my speaker out. We're going to do some, uh, some conspiracy stuff. Because I really enjoy conspiracy stuff. And what conspiracy to start better than 9-11? Let's jump right into it. So Island was telling me a while ago that on a PBS article, they admitted to Tower 7 being taken down. So we're going to cover that right now. PBS Tower 7. I think that's all you got to bing. That should be enough, right? I reach out. Oh, I should definitely put a 911 here because that ain't gonna be enough. Inside the Pentagon. PBS 911. Okay, here we go. I'm hoping this is the article. Wait, Jen America. She killed Bear America. Yeah, she's done. Show must go on to have an hour. There's no money. Oh, there's no money as it is. I do this stuff for fun. You imagine? I try to do the show every day for an hour minimum, just for fun. Not even getting paid. My one does too. I just feel like at this point, unless I just talk about the news, which I could go back to covering the news and politics and stuff like that, I don't want to do it. I, I feel like you already, you guys already know where I stand on all political issues. So what do I do? I just keep reading about political issues. I just keep rehashing the same thing over and over and over again, that that gets extremely boring to me. I, I can't just talk about politics and Trump. That, that That's what I like about Savage. He literally he keeps saying, I'm done talking about Trump because what do you want me to do? Talk about Trump just to get a bump in the ratings? It's boring. Um, Here, you want my opinions on, on the whole Roseanne spoof and all that stuff? I think... Roseanne actually made an accurate comparison. She does look like that chick from Planet of the Apes. You know. But today, everyone's so sensitive, you can't make those jokes. People get their noses out of joint. If I'm being completely honest. So, what else? After that, what else? I'm supposed to talk about Samantha B and how, well, she can say that word, but she can't... Eh, yeah. People don't normally lose their jobs over saying a word. Rosie O'Donnell lost... Rosie O'Donnell. Roseanne... Lost a job because she compared somebody to an ape. Use Just using a vulgar word doesn't get you fired, so that's the difference. You want the difference? There, I just gave it to you. But to talk about stuff like that, to do the Ben Shapiro show, where he talks about the little insignificant news that happens every single day. I mean, there's a lot of insignificant news that happens every single day. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jen. I'm gonna keep it moving. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I'm gonna keep the show moving. We're gonna talk about uh, this 9/11 PBS Pentagon story. So I put this link in the description about the show. In the past 15 years, we have seen the towers fall again and again. A series of powerful documentaries and TV shows. This is according to this article I just put in the description. Movies have expertly rendered the courageous and first responders passengers take over. The United Flight 93, I saw that. It was great. But in the smoke of 9-11, one story still remains largely overlooked. The attack on the Pentagon. Oh, this is interesting. On September 11th, 184 people lost their lives at the Pentagon. Too many 
See, that's, you know what, no one ever, that's actually very, very interesting. PBS 9-11 Island, I'm on a different one right now. So check out the, the article I'm on. Maybe this is the one you were talking about. I searched basically that. Didn't come up. But this one's interesting. Um, on This is about the Pentagon. Yeah, no one ever talks about the people that died at the Pentagon. Hundred and how many people died in the Pentagon? 84 lost their lives at the Pentagon. Today, many people are surprised to hear that the Pentagon was even a target, let alone the loss of life that occurred there. And even fewer know about those who escaped and how many were terrifyingly close to the impact zone. On the 15th anniversary of the attack, survivors... So this is a few years ago. Um, I'm assuming 2016, if it's 15 years ago. Many for the first time tell their story. There are harrowing accounts of crawling blindly through the dark, smoking corridors, leaping through windows to escape re-entering the inferno to find colleagues, carrying the wounded to safety, and tending to gravely burn unrecognizable co-workers despite the dangerous conditions that surrounded them. Whoo, man. I mean, does that not paint a picture for you? That certainly painted a picture for me. Um, so this is strictly about the Pentagon, but we're going to read this. So more about 9-11 inside the Pentagon. At 9.37 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it doesn't say that there, but I'm assuming that's the time that they want it. American Flight 77 slammed to the Pentagon. Six crew members and 53 passengers were killed instantly. Flight 77 was the third plane to strike the target to strike its target during the unprecedented attack in the United States. There was no protocol for this type of event, and the chaos ruled the skies. First-hand accounts of the aviation professionals provide a bigger picture of the attacks across the eastern seaboard and shed light on the events at the Pentagon before, during, and after the attack. As the jet-fueled inferno spread through the building, the National Military Commander Center, NMCC, filled the thick, acrid, acrid smoke, and the computer systems came dangerously close to meltdown. If the NMCC, the nerve center of the military operations, shut down, our military would not have been able to respond to the attack. Site R was activated and the top military officials from the Pentagon relocated to the secret backup command center. While building engineers fought to keep the NMCC online survivors and first responders braced for an impact and a second incoming plane, an hour after Flight 77 hit, officials on the ground received word that another hijacked plane was inbound. For some, including the first responders and survivors in the story, evacuation was not an option. The scene grew disturbingly quiet, and everyone looked skyward as the roar of the jets came closer and closer to the Pentagon. 9-11 was a generational defining moment, yet the individual acts of bravery and heroism, 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 I think of, I think of heroin when I say heroism, hero, 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 oh, you guys are talking about your own shows. Yes, uh, PBS. It's the public bullcrap. Put it that way. Um, acts of bravery and heroism that took place at the Pentagon remain relatively unknown. Even the most devastating attack on American soil was unfolding. Pentagon employees acted fearlessly in the face of terror to save each other and our military capability. This ends their story. Yeah, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. But, um, that was interesting. So, Island said to search. So, I put Tower 7. 
So instead of Tower 7, you said the World Trade Center 7. PBS World Trade Center 7, 9-11. That's, that's an E, not a W. Bomb. I'm getting the same article there, Island. Maybe I should Google it. Stop using Bing for a moment. Yeah, we're talking about Building 7. You guys going to have your little date? Is that what's going on? PBS 9-11. I'm going to use Google. I've been using Bing. I know, Island. I was going to be like, why are you using Bing? I worked for Google. I built Google myself with my bare hands. George Bush's brother took over the building a few weeks before. All right, so I got this Nova article, Rebuilding 7 World Trade Center. I don't think this is the one. Island, you want to put the link in here? You want to do me that favor, Island? That would be appreciated. Got me Googling stuff. You know what happens if you Google something? You get a million answers. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, you got a video. I want an article there, Island. I don't want a video. I What, people just come, I'm going to play the video for people to listen to it? Great. Let's play this video for everyone to listen. Here we go. And here we go. Well, this is just a clip. They were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is, is pull it. Uh, and they made that decision to pull. And then we watched the building. Collapse. I've seen this clip with Larry Silverstein. Boy, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Do you, have you guys ever watched the clips of Tower 7 going down? I mean, of course, Towers 1 and 2 give me the heebie-jeebies, but when 7 goes down, it just it just gives me the heebie-jeebies because it confirms everything. It confirms the whole notion. Right. But it went down just like 1 and 2. So that's the whole, that's the whole issue. It's like, well, did they pull 1 and 2 as well? Because they were afraid of... Maybe, maybe there was... You know what? Let, let me put it this way. Maybe, just maybe, maybe there was a logical reason for pulling one and two. With the fires burning and burning and burning. I don't know. I have no idea. That would seem that would seem crazy. That would seem literally I you know, I'm I'm not in that kind of position to make a call like that. It's not like the building was gonna fall over, so what was the risk? It was gonna burn, at least the people in the bottom could have got out. I don't know. It's a crazy one to dive into, but that's how I have to operate. I have to go to and talk about the, you know, the most controversial things right away. World Trade Center 7 comes to 3 million more PBS TV views. I don't know. You can set up charges and take a building down in a few hours. Yeah, but, but my question is... What was the incentive? So let's say, all right, so we, so now we can admit Tower 7 was pulled, right? Hours, hours later. You know what? Let's uh, let's, let's find out the specifics of when it fell, because I'm, I'm pretty sure it was hours later. Tower 7 fell at what time? 
Why does this first thing come up? Shock reports reveal 9-11 building did not collapse. What are you talking about? Express.co.uk. These British sites. The building which was situated next to New York's Twin Towers crumbled after... Okay, conspiracy theorists... I don't want conspiracy stuff. I just want... I just want the facts right now. That being said... Enron evidence. Oh, yeah, that's what we... World Trade Center was the building housing the investigation of the stock market fraud. Right. I remember all that. I remember that. On September 11, 2001, the structure damaged the debris. Here we go. The building's internal fire suppression system lacked water pressure to fight the fires, and the building and the building collapsed approximately at 5:21 p.m. according to FEMA. 5:21 p.m. and you guys remember? I mean, I know I remember. Buildings one and two fell down in the morning. What was it like between like nine and eleven a.m.? Ooh, I didn't mean to do that. They fell out in the morning because I remember I remember they got hit while I was in mass in eighth grade. And they took they they held us they held which is weird, my Catholic school. They they sent all the other classes back and they held just the eighth grade class. Principal came in and told us. I don't know if we were being bad, and then they used that to tell us we don't know what's going on, and then we went back to our room and it was we were just gonna watch it. So they had him on TV and we were watching and, and nobody like understood what was going on. I remember when we watched the first building go down, and the second building go down, and then my mom called and like had my dad come and pick me up from school. She was afraid the whole world was coming to an end, you know. And that's that's what you would think naturally. You see two buildings like that that are a staple of New York City, right? Like that skyline you picture the the, the two build two twin towers up there, and they come they come falling to the ground, and you go. The world's coming to an end. I would think that. If I was an adult and I saw two buildings that, like, like I say, staples in the New York skyline come come crashing down, I would naturally think, this is it. Where is it coming from? Jesus, we could use you now. The world's coming to an end. I'd think the same thing. But they came down in the morning, and Tower 7 didn't come down till later. Like, way later. Because I, I was asking a friend of mine, so before I knew a lot about that whole Tower 7 falling, the guy was like, well, maybe the earthquake from 1 and 2 falling, maybe it caused enough of an earthquake to make Tower 7 fall. It's pretty crazy that just one building falls and none of the other ones do. It, it, it was an earthquake just good enough to mess up the structure of that one. I was, But, you know, it was an answer. He gave me an answer. So I was like, okay, maybe. But not when it's like six hours later. 47 stories tall, so that's over 470 feet, because you, you, you figure 10 feet per story, 47 stories, I mean, 40, 47 stories in New York City doesn't look like tall, but that would be probably the tallest building in your town or city, right, you know, unless you're in Chicago or, or Maine, Maine, LA or something like that, but in most cities, like 47 stories would be the tallest building in, in uh, Syracuse, New York, that's how big that building was, like nobody ever talks about it. Because as soon as you mention Tower 7, they go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, come on, guys. This is the, the, the most prominent thing 
that happened in our generation. Hopefully nothing else happens bigger than that. But the most prominent thing of our generation were these two buildings coming down to the ground. And we don't want to talk about it. It makes me feel like, you know, a coward. Like, why don't we want to... We can't even talk about it. And then, you know, I'll try to bring it up with friends of mine. And, uh... OMG, the date changed. I don't know what that means, Jen. But I'll, I'll bring this up with friends of mine, and and they'll say, "Dude, people died. Like, I don't want to talk about that." It's like, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking the fact that people died. Of course, people died. Why can't we talk about it? Like, I can't talk about any war. I can't talk about any instance when a person dies. I don't know why this feels like it's school. Because I'm teaching. Because the reason you feel like this is school, Nacho, is because one person's talking and you're forced to listen. Doesn't mean I can't take questions like raising your hand in the chat, you know. But this is similar to school. Had, had, if I were able to know how to do a Google Hang on my show, then it wouldn't feel like school. It would feel like a hangout. But because one person is talking and you are forced to listen, that's why. I feel like I, I know this topic's been beat to death, but and actually, oh, good morning, Christchild. Did read out of the book this morning, just so you know, and then uh, and then we had to take it into another direction. What is school like in Mexico? Yes, yeah. I mean, it's good. I mean, I learned from more about the story of the United States. Oh, you're from Mexico? Is that like his island being serious? I didn't know that. Yeah. So like. I know a lot of the world doesn't believe what we believe in the United States about um, World Trade Center. I know when Domi was telling me this, she was like, yeah, like we don't believe that at all. I'm like, what do you guys believe? She goes, we believe you guys did that. You did it to yourselves. Like, is that what, like, is that how the BBC covers it? I don't know. You know, we I question it. I don't know why we shouldn't. So I'm going to go BBC 9-11. I want to see what the BBC says about it. Mexico schools just like here in the U.S., just spicier. That's right. Nacho is a resident token Mexican dope. We actually have a town in central New York called Mexico. And I didn't know it growing up. And then people would say things like, um, I'm going to Mexico. And we'd be like, oh, that's awesome. And they'd be like, no, Mexico, New York. And I'd be like, oh, where's, where's that? And they're like, ah, it's near Oswego. <laughs> All right, 10 years after. This is BBC. Minute-by-minute... Minute oh, I don't want to see minute-by-minute minute coverage. I just wanted to hear what the BBC says about these incidents. Oh, you know what I forgot? I forgot to put the links at the Tower 7 in there. Son of a gun. There we go. It didn't go too far. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Of course. Sounds like... Oh, what kind of question is that? Of course we have schools here. Oh, I don't know what y'all talking about. Got Unk in here. What up, Unk? Is a joke insinuating Mexican... Carry on, Churro. Oh, I'm sure they're just as educated as anybody. Just as educated as anybody. I'm just trying to put these links back in here. 
I agree. We have military when 9-11 had. I can't fathom the evil that they would allow this to happen to citizens. See, I, I'm not necessarily saying that it was the military, but when a built... So what we were talking about, Christchild, is the fact that Tower 7 came down. So why did Tower 7 come down there? I put... And I just, we just watched, we listened to a clip of Larry Silverstein, the, the lease holder of the rent of Tower 7 or something, said, we're going to have to pull it, so pull it. Where he admits to pulling Tower 7. So why did Tower 7 come down? Read it again. So I must have read it wrong. Sometimes I have Latin in me. Ugh. I agree, we were military. I agree we were military when 9-11 happened. I can't fathom the evil, the evil that would allow to have an assistance. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I tried. I get the joke, Jenna was doubling down. Dang, dang. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something, something happened. Something happened. We know that. And buildings don't just fall like that. And I and I feel like that's what I originally thought when I first saw it. I go, wait, but why would they fall? Like. Building fires happen all the time. They don't come towering to the ground. In fact, do you remember that? I think it was last summer. Do you remember last summer there was that fire in London? I think it was London. I don't know. Somewhere in the UK, I believe. I just think London when I think UK. But it could have been anywhere in, in, in England there. The whole building was in, on fire. The entire building was on fire. And they put the fire out. So why would the whole building collapse from a fire? That doesn't make sense to me. The fact that the planes went that far off course and no jets were scrambled is super sketchy. That I don't get. I don't get that either. I don't get that either. I don't understand how they could hold up a whole plane with box cutters. Like no one, like that, that also doesn't add up to me either. Do you remember that story? Because they obviously didn't go on with guns. You know, the security was enough to stop that, but they said that they used box cutters to hold everybody up. So you got a whole plane of people, and they just watched this happen? I don't believe that either. Fire in London was a terrorist attack, or perhaps a terrorist mistake. But my point is that building didn't come to the ground. I don't think the military did it, but I do question original narrative. Well, did anyone actually read... Remember when those um they had the secret 9-11 documents Trump released them last year or something like that? Did anyone actually read those? As soon as I hear something's 100 pages long, it's like, ah, oh, jeez. You know? And I should read them. I really should. So I'm just, uh, bogging off did 9-11. Hey, uh, if you guys wouldn't mind hitting the like button, because I'm seeing some good number of comments, but the but the viewers, looks like it's down. Thank you. See, it says two watching, seven likes. And and I'm, I realize people can pop in and out, but the numbers don't make sense to me. You can't talk about 9-11 either, YouTube? I figured you'd like this stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Shy. I was aware of the venue change, Sean. I really will try to make it tonight. How close do you guys live to each other? It must be pretty close. Do you guys even know? Oh, wait. London, they destroy a building. My fault. I used to being here live, but... Oh, you're good, Bill. Bill, you're unk. You're good, brother. You are good. I send out little reminders there. You know that from watching the show. Yeah, so we started talking about King David... And now we're talking about Tower 7. <laughs> this show can go anywhere. I gotta get some new hobbies. I'll give you guys some, some good stuff to talk about. How did I, what did I do this weekend? So, uh, yesterday went to church. Domi's mom made this awesome fish. Um, bought the fish live. The guy, boom, hit it on the head really hard to kill it. 
chopped it up. She brought home, cooked it up. It was great. Uh, what's it? T tilapia. Tilapia was a type of fish. It was great. Uh, Saturday. Went to Taste of Syracuse. Met one of my role models for life. The guy that runs the... Did anyone watch that clip? Did anyone watch it? Oh, man. I need I need to learn how to use old yes. Because I can show you guys some clips. Make my life a lot easier. No, not Guy Fieri. The guy that hosts the hot dog eating competitions. You guys, you guys didn't see this clip, did you? I'm gonna play it for you. Oh no, you can't even you can't even hear it that much. Anyway, the guy that runs the hot dog eating competition, his name is George. We're gonna look him up. George from Nathan's hot dog eating competition. So one of they have they have like ten places they go to get you know the whole thing for Nathan's hot dog eating competition, which is on July fourth. Right at noon. And one of the stops is in Syracuse, New York. It tastes Syracuse. And I knew this, but I forgot about it. So I got there literally right at the end of the show. This guy ate 45 hot dogs and buns. I thought I could go out there and eat 20 and, and win and represent Syracuse at Nathan's. You're not going to get in with 20. We got a guy who comes here from Boston, eats 45, and I'm going, ah, oh, jeez. Like, what, what can I do with that? But this guy, I mean, he's the best. He is the best. So, like, I've been looking up this guy for a while. I actually went down to Coney Island one year just to watch him do his thing. And he's hilarious. The guy just cr cracks a joke a moment, you know. I don't know what that's all about. But he'll, like, he'll make up all this bull crap. Let's see if we can hear some of the stuff that he says. How like he just makes up all these jokes and everything, and the guy, the guy's hilarious. Um, you know what? When I heard the lady at the let, okay, hold on. Shot sucks. She missed the contest. Yeah, I did miss it. I missed it, but I got to talk to the guy afterwards. So because I was late, I hung around, and then I was like, I'm gonna talk to this guy. I've been looking up this guy for years since I was a kid because he's hilarious. He cracks jokes. He makes up the stuff off the top of his head, and he wears a funny, goofy, like, uh, wooden hat. You know, those wooden, funny-looking hats. And I got to talk to him. He was a really nice guy. And I asked him the one question I've been looking up for years. I'm like, when is Kobayashi coming back? When's the Carol Kobayashi coming back? And he was like, we beg him. We beg him every year. And I was like, oh, that's all I wanted to hear. That was all I wanted to hear is that they do reach out to him all the time. And he, he said, man, he goes, that one year in 2000 and Seven, he goes, did you watch? I was like, yeah, when Kobayashi had the reversal and he started eating his own puke. It was gross. Oh, they called it a reversal. They had this whole thing and he ended up losing 66 to 63 hot dogs. And uh, after that, it was never the same. When I heard the lady at the license branch who gave me terrorist license in Tennessee died in a mysterious flaming car crash that made me suspicious. And then the coroner who processed the body, he was tied up with barbed wire. What the heck? I don't know what that's about. That sounds crazy. Sounds totally crazy. All right, so uh, now we're going to talk about Nathan's hot dogging competition because today's show has no rhyme or reason. All we're doing is filling the gaps. So today we're going to talk about this: the Nathan's hot dog eating contest is an annual American hot dog. Yep, held each year. Nathan's hot dogs. The, game, the contest gained public attention in recent years due to the stardom of Takeru Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. 
The defending champion is Joey Chestnut. I feel like he's not the defending champion. Oh, no. Yes, he is. He broke the record. Ate 72 hot dogs in 2017. 72 hot dogs and buns Joey Chestnut ate. He beat out Cameron Sincati and the 2015 champ, Matt Stoney. Yeah, so Matt Stoney beat him not too long ago. Which is crazy. And it feels so good. Oh, yeah, so here's a 2007 contest. I was literally talking about this with uh, George. What the hell is his name? I should know more than that. George Shea. He's the co-founder? According to... Is there another George? Maybe not. Alright. I don't know. I, I didn't ask his last name. I should ask his last name. George what? I want to look you up. I want to look you up on my show on Monday. Alright, so... At the 2007 contest, the results were delayed to review whether the defending champion, Takeru Kobayashi... Oh, so he was the defending champion, too, at the time. I remember that Joey Chestnuts were coming up in the ranks, but this was literally, like, this was crazy, like, this went right down to the wire, so, 2007 contest, the results were delayed whether defending champion Takeru Kobayashi had vomited, also known as the Roman method incident, or reversal of fortune in the final seconds of regulation. Such an incident results in disqualification of the competitor under the rules of I-4, I-F-O-C-E. The judges ruled that Kobayashi's behavior, a similar incident occurred involving Kobayashi in 2002 in a victory over Eric Badlands Booker. Eric Badlands Booker, he's the rapper of Nathan's Hot Dog, big black guy, hilarious. He always eats like 20 to 25, but he's, he's a staple now. You got to have him every year. A 2007 contest, the results were delayed. Okay, read that. All right, Takeru Kobayashi had not competed in the contest since 2009 due to the refusal to sign the Major League Eating exclusive contract because he liked eating and different things. I actually saw Kobayashi came to the New York State Fair one year to be one of the, I don't know what they called them. They had like certain faces with Jim Beheim. Um, the Indian that runs the Turning Stone to to host and release Hoffman Hot Dogs nationally. And they brought on Takeru Kobayashi. And, and I watched Takeru Kobayashi eat 110 hot dogs. Not buns, just hot dogs. But in 10 minutes. It was, but the Hoffman Hot Dogs are a lot bigger. Alright, so I'm looking here at the champions. So Joey Chestnut won in 17, 16, 15, Matt Stoney won. Where was I in 2015? I was in Florida with Burke. No, that was a year before. That was a year before. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't remember watching Stoney win, which means I would have missed that year, and that would have been depressing. But Joey Chestnut has won it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's won out of 10 out of the last 11 years, which is crazy. And the women used to compete with the men. And then they separated out. Because Sonia the Black Widow, Sonia Thomas, this little Asian woman, she was always eating like 40, like crushing it. Well, they were like, all right, let's have women have their own, you know, competition. And so she won it. Sonia Thomas won it 2011, 2012, 2013. Eating 40, 45, and 36 and three quarters. Wow, they go right down to three quarters. And then uh, she's lost it to this Mickey Sudo. 
who's been eating, you know, between 34 and 41. So only Thomas was awesome. That's, uh, but before that, so, so here's what's crazy. So nobody knows anything about this Takeru Kobayashi, right? So in 2000, so the record for hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes was about 25, right? And then Takeru Kobayashi comes out in 2001 and eats 50. Morning, Brad. Eats 50 hot dogs. And he's this little Asian guy. And the hot dog eaters were normally like these overweight big old guys. He eats 50 of them. And the people are like, what the hell? Second place was Eric Badlands Booker with 26. And they're going like, wait, who is this guy? How can you eat 50? Like, this is unheard of. I thought no one would ever touch this guy because it was just, it was like, this is like uh, Joe DiMaggio with his, what was it, 56 game, 55 game hit streak. No one's ever going to touch this thing. And in 2001, all right, 2001 he eats 50. 2002 he eats 50 and a half. 2003, 44 and a half. Sonia Thomas sets the female record with 25 hot dogs and buns. And uh, Kobayashi just kept crushing it. 53 and a half. 49, 53 and a half. And he just was like significantly crushing it. But check this out. In 2006. So, all right, let's go 2005. So 2005, Sonia Thomas ate 37. And Joey Chestnut ate 32. And this was when I first heard of Joey Chestnut. I was like, oh, yo, this dude ate 32. Because no one was eating more than 25. Like that was it, right? Then 2006, Kobayashi, Kobayashi wins with 53 and three quarters. And Joey Chestnut eats 52. And it's like, yo, wait a minute. This dude ate 52 hot dogs and buns. And last year he ate 36. So what kind of trainings have he been doing? Like what is going on? And then in 2007 was when it came to a climax. And Chestnut ate 66. Crushing the record. And uh, what did Kobayashi had? Had 63 but threw up like two. I mean, like, that's what happened. You should look up that 2007 Kobayashi, Takeru Kobayashi, or just look up 2007 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. 2007. It was crazy. 2008, Kobayashi still competed. Oh, shoot, they tied? Oh, I forgot. See, this is where I was in Canada, and I missed all the good stuff when I was in Canada. 2008, check this out. First event. Using the 10 minute new time limit. They went from 12, they used to be 12 minutes, which is crazy because they still keep breaking records even though they cut two minutes down. Yeah, I am going to train for next year. You're doggone right, I'm going to train. So they go from, they go down two minutes, and Chestnut and Kobayashi tied with 59 in regulation. So in overtime, Chestnut is the first to finish a plate of five and 50 seconds. They went to overtime where they had to eat more. He eats five and fifty seconds. Kobayashi losing seven pounds finishes second. Oh, Eater X eight forty two. Eater X is dope. Well, here's what I'm thinking of doing this year. So I'm I'm gonna be in in uh, is it in Nevada? I think it's in Nevada. I'm gonna be in Nevada. Where's Lake Tahoe? I'm gonna be in Lake Tahoe this July fourth. And I got a buddy's bachelor party. 
I'm, I want to eat a bunch of hot dogs on July 4th at noon. I need a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's out west. It's like, yeah, I'm going out west. It's all the same once you get out there, right? Shout out to my people out west. Hey, watch this. So, first event, new 10-minute time limit. First tie and eat off since 1980. They had to finish a plate of five in 50 seconds. And it says Kobayashi losing seven pounds. So, like, Kobayashi loses it in 2007 by a couple of dogs and throws up. 2008, he ties him and loses his in a, in a, in a um, eat-off of overtime. 2009, I think Kobayashi still competes. Yeah, Ch Chestnut eats 68, beating his previous record in 10 minutes, setting the new event U.S. World Records, Kobayashi 64. And Patrick Deep Dish Bertoloni eats 55. Holy crap. Black Widow eats 41, broke, breaking the, the female record. I think I could eat 20. Like In the moment, it's like Nathan's hot dogs are small. I think I could eat 20. But then in 2010, um, Kobayashi doesn't even compete. And that's when like all the stuff goes down, and they try to get him, and he tries to rush the stage, and he's like all messed up. He gets arrested. It's really sad, because it was like something I looked forward to. Look at this. You go back in the in the 1960s, the record was 14. What's this 127? Contest was held June 30th, 100th anniversary, and was a 400-pound 32-year-old truck. The prize is a trophy proclaimed. He consumed the hot dogs over the period of one hour flat. It is not immediately clear if the contest duration was one hour long or simply ceased eating after an hour. 127? You ain't eating no 127. That's dumb. Well, before that, yeah, it was like 14, 12, 10. Yeah, imagine eating 10 hot dogs. I mean, that's a lot. Guy ate 72 last year, breaking all of his records. He had to come back. They mean 127. That don't make no sense. He ain't no 127, even if it is an hour. Frankfurt Downs. All right, they got sources up here. Let's check their sources. Sorry, I didn't give you guys a good show today. You know, I feel like I let you all down. I apologize. I think John could eat as many. Yes, that's right. I could eat many of them, Gabe. Many, many, many of them. I didn't, I didn't give it to you guys today. Let's check the source real quick. Man gobbles. Ooh, that's cool. They got like the whole newspaper article. New York, a century ago... Century ago, this is not a century ago, it's like 50, 60 years. Slapped a uh, second sausage rolled 100 years. Lean Frankfurters, yeah, yeah, yeah. The height of the 127 francs that seems impossible for back then when they didn't know about how to do all this stuff. I don't know. But I do know that uh, that is our time. Our time has ended. And we have to go. So I appreciate you coming by for episode number 120. On June 4th, 2018.
Didn't exactly bring a good one today, but we still had fun. We talked about David sleeping with the woman, King David that is. He saw that woman on top of the roof bathing and he said to his messengers, go and get me that one. And then he got her pregnant from sleeping with her one time. I mean, David must have had a really potent thing in his godly line. Thank you, Gabe, for like commenting and putting it up in the chat. And after that, we talked about how Tower 7 went flat. See you later, Unk. See you later, Takara Kobayashi. I hope one day I see you compete again in the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Lobby. promise you I'm gonna bring a better episode I'm gonna make something feel like yo I'm just exploded Bathsheba and David. And her name is literally spelled Bathsheba. It's because she was bathing on a roof that her name was Bath. Is it because I made that thing when they say hath? Why do they say hath not? I hath not known. All that I know is that's the end of this show. show us how to Monday. It really does make sense what we're doing. And that's okay. I guess then the theme of this today is how to Monday. I don't know. Try to get some motivation out of it. Go for a walk. Read something new. Don't make all your calls today. People don't like calls on a Monday. They like getting calls on a Friday. Thursday. God Freedom Legacy. In that order. And if it ain't broke, it just might work better. And that ends the podcast now.